Hello once again, listeners, and welcome to the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology podcast in conversation with, I'm Hugh Thomas, the Deputy Editor. In this episode, we're discussing a trial investigating the management of Crohn's disease perianal fistulas that appeared in our July issue. So this concerns the PISA-2 trial, uh, in which patients who had no treatment preference were randomly assigned to either four-month anti-TNF therapy plus surgical closure, or to one year of anti-TNF therapy alone, uh, and those with a treatment preference received it, uh, and outcomes were assessed at 18 months. First author on the paper and joining me today is Dr. Alisa Maima van Prague. She is a PhD fellow at the Department of Surgery in the Amsterdam UMC and surgical resident at the Department of Surgery at Gelra Hospital, the Netherlands. Her research on colorectal surgery mostly focuses for, on the treatment of perianal fistulas in patients with Crohn's disease. Dr. Maima van Prague, thank you very much for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for the invitation. Perfect. So let's uh, jump straight in. Before you conducted the PISA-2 trial, what do we really know about the best approaches to manage perianal fistulas in patients with Crohn's disease? So actually, not a lot was known about the best approach to manage Crohn's perianal fistulas. We did know that around one third of the patients with Crohn's disease develop fistulas and that perianal fistulas are generally considered as the biggest unmet need by patients. And Crohn's perianal fistulas are associated with considerable morbidity and significant impairment in quality of life. And treatment consists of medical therapy, surgery, or a combination of both. And guidelines advise to start treatment with anti-TNF therapy and suggest considering surgery in amenable patients. Overall success varies depending on definition, but long-term closure has rarely been described in more than 30 to 40% of patients and up to one-third of the patients is confronted with either a temporary or a definitive stoma. A systematic review suggested comparable closure rates after chronic cetin drainage, anti-TNF therapy, and surgical closure, although a head-to-head comparison had never been done. Great. And, and now, obviously, your trial is the successor, rather obviously, to the PISA-1 trial. Can you tell us a little bit more about that trial? What was it designed to find? What did you find? Um, and, and what were the limitations that meant you then moved on to the, the PISA-2 trial? Yes. So the PISA-1 trial was the first randomized control trial that directly compared anti-TNF therapy with chronic cetin drainage and surgical closure as treatment of Crohn's perianal fistulas. And we initially thought that the most important factor for quality of life was predominantly associated with the way towards closure. And the primary endpoint of the PISA-1 RCT was therefore the amount of patients with a fistula-related re-intervention. And in contrast to the hypothesis, the study showed that the chronic cetin drainage arm was inferior in the randomized cohort. And the study was therefore prematurely stopped due to fertility. However, results were quite difficult to interpret since the registration arm did not confirm inferiority of the chronic seat and drainage treatment. So what we learned most from the PISA-1 trial was that an RCT is not the most optimal design when comparing apples and oranges unblinded in a young patient group with preferences and that the primary outcome parameter was not correct. Moving on then to the PISA-2 trial, can you just summarize for us then what are these kind of key design changes that you made Particularly interesting is this aspect of this patient preference design. Yes, so after the PISA-1, the most optimal treatment for Crohn's high perianal fistulas with a single internal opening was still undetermined. And we discussed with patients how best to continue, and we decided to compare short-term anti-TNF treatment combined with surgical closure to anti-TNF treatment for one year. 
And we also discussed with patients what our primary outcome parameters should be, clinical closure or radiological healing. And as it has been suggested that MRI results best correlate with treatment response and can be used to predict long-term outcome, we chose radiological healing at MRI as our primary outcome parameter, so a completely fibrotic fistula tract. And we also looked at clinical closure, reinterventions, recurrences, and impact on quality of life measured by the perianal disease activity index. As for design, a systematic review was performed about the value of a patient preference design or a patient preference RCT. In a patient preference RCT, all patients without a distinct preference for one of the treatment arms are randomized and others are treated according to their preference. RCTs are generally suggested to provide the most reliable evidence for treatment efficacy. However, we know that participants are no passive recipients of interventions, which is what we also saw in the PISA-1 study. And in an RCT, patients with a treatment preference may decline enrollment to avoid being randomized to their non-preferred treatment. And consequently, treatment preferences can decrease the generalizability of RCT results and thus reduce external validity. At the same time, internal validity may be reduced as randomization to both the preferred and non-preferred treatment strategy could influence adherence to treatment protocol and study outcomes. So a patient preference randomized control trial has been suggested to overcome these problems and results in increased external validity as all eligible patients can be included with no decreased internal validity. Fantastic. So with this new patient preference design, what were your key findings then? Yes, so the PISA-2 trial showed comparable clinical closure rates and more frequent induction of radiological healing after short-term anti-TNF therapy combined with surgical closure compared to anti-TNF therapy for one year at 18 months follow-up. The study also showed that fewer patients required a re-intervention in the surgical closure arm than in the anti-TNF treatment arm and that radiological healing was associated with no recurrences at the time. We also found that perianal disease activity index was significantly better in the surgical closure arm than in the anti-TNF treatment arm. And we found that the perianal disease activity index was also significantly better in patients with radiological healing compared to patients with clinical closure without radiological healing. Fantastic. So how do you envisage then that the results of your trial will perhaps influence how patients approach decision-making and, and how clinicians and surgeons approach decision-making then? So far, surgery in inflammatory bowel disease is generally still considered as a last resort, and patients are quite often only sent to a surgeon when medical therapy fails. The results of the PISA-2 trial demonstrate that at least all amenable patients should be counseled for surgery, and we hope that this study will result in adjustment of guidelines. But on a larger scale, we hope that these results contribute to the evolving insight that the multidisciplinary approach in IBD not only applies to therapy refractory patients and that quality of life preserving surgery should be positioned early in the clinical decision making algorithm, choosing what is best for the individual patient. It is therefore of great importance that gastroenterologists and surgeons appreciate each other's therapeutic capabilities and shortcomings and working together in multidisciplinary teams to find the best solution for the individual patient is key in optimizing care for IBD patients.
Great. And, and what questions then still need to be answered? Do you, for instance, do you have any other plans for further research in this area? Yeah, so ultimately it will be about patient-tailored treatment approach. Who will respond to which treatment? And it would be great if we could find some biological rationale to predict who will respond to anti-TNF therapy and which fistula is most likely to radiologically heal with surgery. And to further improve fistula treatment, many initiatives have been started. Last month, a new classification system for Crohn's perianal fistulas has been published in the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology to provide guidance on therapy in clinical practice and more comprehensively define patient cohorts within clinical trials. Our team contributed to this manuscript and hopefully this classification will result in an important step towards tailored standardization of clinical practice and research. And at the same time, we are looking at the long-term outcomes of the PISA-2 trial with a median follow-up of over five years, which we hope will shed some light on what the aim of treatment of Crohn's perianal fistulas should ultimately be. And our research group also has several fundamental research projects trying to unravel cellular features underlying Crohn's disease fistula. Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for giving us that uh, insight into your paper and uh, those opportunities for further research for the future. Thank you so much for having me. You can read the article on the PISA 2 trial online now at thelancet.com. Thank you to Dr. Mama Van Prague. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology podcast in conversation with. Remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation With wherever you usually get your podcasts.